Welcome to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by what you are about to hear. We lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways we acknowledge you. And we thank you that you direct the path of our thinking, the path of our acting, the path of our faith. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're the author and the finisher of our faith. And that what you've begun in us, our confidence is that you can complete that. We thank you, Father God, that we're more than conquerors. More than conquerors because of the one who loves us. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We gather here today, Father God, to receive your word. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your anointing that we would receive the word. Your word is life-giving to us. Your word is powerful. Your word discerns between our thoughts. It discerns between our soulish realm and our spirit realm, Father. We thank you, Jesus, for the anointing to receive, to hear, to walk in your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. So glad you're here. Thank you, Frank. I want to continue the series I started last week. The series is entitled Lordship Habits. If Jesus is Lord of our life, it changes our habits. It changes the way we think. It changes the way that we act. It changes the way we go through life, how we respond to life. And so there are four habits that I'm going to cover. began last week. The first one was basically guard your heart. How many of you were here and heard that message? Guard your heart. It's my responsibility to guard my heart. It's not yours or anybody else's. It's my responsibility. Because as I minister to the, the word to myself, as I minister to myself the word of God, then he begins to convict me where my heart needs to be changed. Is that just me? Has that happened to anybody else? Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit brings correction where correction is necessary to protect us. Amen? When there's something inside of our heart that would be destructive to us, the Holy Spirit knows how to bring correction so that we're going to be okay. Amen? And so the whole idea of guarding our heart is really a big deal. And how do we know what's in our heart? Well, we just listen to what we're talking about. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? Have you caught things coming out of your mouth that you wish you could pull back and put them back somewhere else, right? <laughs> so I just encourage you to, you know, just chill out here and let's get into the Word of God and see what He's got today. Because today, the second part of this is renewing the mind. And I kept trying to think of it must be a clever, really cool way to say that. But I just thought, no, I'll just leave it the way that it is. Renewing the mind. Because there's the first habit is I'm going to guard my heart. The second habit is I'm going to renew my mind. And that means I have to rethink what I think. I have to rethink what I think. And a lot of times that might be I have to rethink what I think theologically. Maybe I'm off. Sometimes I have to rethink my opinions. I mean, you have opinions. Opinions are like noses. We all have them, right? But I have to rethink it sometimes, you know. And I want to just open with a scripture that I opened the service with because this, this verse is so powerful. And it brings us the point that God has called us 
to renew our mind, to change the way we think, to think like he thinks because of his kingdom agenda. The world is not about us. We're here because Jesus has us here to change the world. Amen? And I think it's amazing to read in the book of Acts as to how the apostle Paul expanded the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the known world and how totally focused he was on that. He never got sidetracked. He just stayed focused on where he was trying to go and what God had put in his heart. So he writes the Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 4 through 10. I want you to listen closely to what this is going to say now. This is out of the NIV. Because of his great love for us, because of his great love for us, Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, not condemnation, but rich in mercy, compassion, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Have you had that happen to you? Hello, believers. Has that happened to you? He made you alive. You were dead in your sin, but he made you alive. These are like, they work like this. (laughs) This is a hand-raising church, I thought. (laughs) So, it is by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages... And that was written 2,000 years ago. We're probably in the coming ages. Amen. (laughs) He might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? You just kind of mess around that scripture for a long time to get all this in the scripture. Word of God is powerful. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works. No one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. We're his special projects. (laughs) Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He prepared it in advance for us to do. Amen? Are you focused? Are you focused on what I'm preaching? Are you focused on what God's saying? How many of you like this scripture? I'll give it to whoever wants it, okay? You should read it and think about it. No one wants this word. It's a good word. Here you go, Sue. Just run up there and get it. Because the word of God is powerful. And so one of the scriptures that are, is one of the famous scriptures, I call it, because it's one of those I had to memorize when I was a teenager. And these are the ones that the old people that are probably older than I am, Just kidding. Old people remember the King James Version, and it says something like this in chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your lives, living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good, perfect, and what's the other word? Will of God. Excellent will of God. So the whole end product there is that we would know the will of God. How many of you want to know the will of God? Then renew your mind. 
How many want to know the will of God? <laughs> Renew your mind. <laughs> Class dismissed. Okay. Not really. So as I was thinking about this this week, I realized I, I want to, to teach from Scripture in context. And in the 11th chapter of Romans is the reason that he says in verse 1 in the King James, and I'm going to go to something else in just a minute, but the reason he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, therefore, that therefore is therefore because of chapter 11. In chapter 11, all you Gentiles, the grace of God came to the Gentile world because of the grace of God. And because the, the Jewish people rejected Jesus, and when that happened, the grace of God came to the Gentile world. If they had not rejected Jesus, we wouldn't be here. So because of that great mercy, and that's what Paul writes about in chapter 11, because of the great mercy and grace of God, because of that great mercy, his great compassion for all people, therefore, Therefore, so I want to go to the Passion Bible. The name of this today is called Think Different. So if you're going to renew your mind, you have to think different. And I know that's an Apple slogan from years ago, but I'm from that years ago, so I can use it. Thinking different. Thinking different. It is a real necessity in our culture that we think different than the culture. Our culture typically is all over the place. But we are supposed to think different. I know grammatically that's not correct. It should be think differently. So if you need to add the L-Y, help yourself. But we have to think different. And I want to give you some, some background here that I think is just really, really important. So if you go to that first slide, the whole thing about renewing our mind is about the identity of Christ. So listen to me. Who you are in Christ and who he is in you is where we need to wrap our brain. We need to understand who we are in Christ Jesus. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are, we are those people. But who he is inside of us, we need to know who he is inside of us and the gifts that he's put inside of us. So what I want to do is break down this whole idea of chapter 12 because chapter 12 initially begins to speak about in verses 1 and 2 about what I just told you, just quoted to you from the King James. But then it goes into the grace gifts. There are seven of those grace gifts there right after he says, renew your mind. So church, it's not about, well, I'm having trouble with patience. Therefore, I'm going to renew my mind in the area of patience. That's cool, but that's not what he's talking about right here. He's talking about being who he made you to be. He's talking about the anointing that he put inside of each of us to function in the body of Christ powerfully and effectively in line with what God has put inside of our heart by the grace of God to be able to share in the body of Christ. There are seven of those. We'll get to those in just a moment. And then the rest of the chapter after verse uh, 8 from verse 9 all the way through the end of the chapter, he talks about, therefore, how we respond to the, the world around us based upon renewing our mind. So I want to renew my mind, but there's some criteria here that we have to think about a little bit as well. So PowerPoint people, do you have anything for me? Do I'm, I can wing it if you want me to. Ah, so in Romans 8, 
verse 15. I want you just to look at this, and let's just read it out loud with force, all right? Ready? And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. I don't know what all that is. And you will never feel orphaned, for he rises up within us. Our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. And our response back to him is, Abba, Father. Amen? <laughs> Well, praise the Lord. So what I want you to see here is that as a born-again believer, as a born-again believer, everybody looking at me, don't worry about what Frank's doing. He's trying to fix that probably. As a born-again believer, the Spirit of Christ lives inside of us to the extent that the Holy Spirit within inside of us prays through us, Abba, Father, Father God. Amen? And by the Spirit of God, we have that awareness. And so when we pray, we're praying to our Heavenly Father. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit knows how to help us, okay? If I look at that in the, in the Scripture here, he says at the very, very ending, the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Now, class, if we know that we're God's beloved child, how we come to God changes a little bit, doesn't it? We don't come as his desperate stepchild. We come to God as his son, daughter, child of God. Because he loves us, amen? And he wants us to come to him. And by the grace of God, by the mercies of God, we can come to him. And then if we go over into chapter 12. I'm reading out of the Passion Bible. It's kind of a fun translation to read, but I just want you to listen real closely to this, if you will. It says this in chapter 12, verse 1. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? What should be our response to God's mercy? What should be our response to God's mercy? Every day of our life, what should be our response to God's mercy? The mercy with which he saved us, the grace of God that is ours, what is our response? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. I'll read that again for the hearing impaired, all right? It's an unfamiliar scripture, I know. You can see it on the screen right now. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifice. You can't renew your mind. I can't change my thinking unless I submit to God. And I don't mean with any, you know, regulations that I add to it. Surrender is total surrender. Total surrender. Submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, I love the way this says this, and live, in a, live a holy life. And look what this says. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. 
Isn't that powerful? What do, when I come to the Lord Jesus and I say, Father, what would delight your heart today in my life? What would, you, what would thrill you to do inside of me today? Isn't that good? So I don't come to God going, look, God, do you know what's going on down here? <laughs> I come to the Lord to say, okay, what would really thrill you? Lord, what would it be? What would that be? What would that be? What would be delightful to the Father God that we worship him, that we worship him? We worship him in spirit and truth. Amen? We worship him from our heart. With everything that's within us, we worship him. Now, I've been in worship where I was physically worshiping him on the outside, but on the inside, I'm trying to solve all my problems. Now, none of you have ever done that because I know how holy you are. But I'm just saying, it takes great discipline and a renewed mind sometimes just to worship the Lord. Amen? To put everything else aside, like right now, like right now, I'm sharing the word of God that God put in my heart for you last week. But you can be thinking about anything you want to be thinking about, right? And totally miss what God's trying to say to the congregation. Amen? (laughs) So we want to be focused here. And I want to be focused here on what God is saying. So I love the word of God. I just love the word of God. It's so powerful. It's so amazing. And I want you to, I just want to encourage you to really get into the word of God this week. And really work on the things that maybe he's saying in your life. And then the thing that I want to read to you at this moment is the rest of that verse in chapter, in uh, the Passion Bible, in chapter 12. And I'm going to add some words in here, so just listen as I read it all the way through. Listen. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be a sacred living sacrifices. Living. Well, I was surrendered 50 years ago, 100 years ago. For me, it was about 50 years ago. Well, that's not, you know, I want to be fresh in what's surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And then he says then, live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Oh, that's great. I want that. So how can I really do that? And the Passion Bible then says in the next verse, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. Oh, wow. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Look at that again. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. If all you do is spend time on the news and social media, I guarantee you will imitate those ideals and those opinions. I'm just telling you. I know that from experience. I speak from experience. Because what I'm pulling into my mind is what I'm going to imitate. And so if I'm going to renew my mind, I will have to turn off all of that. And focus on what God is saying right now. Because God's word is not an opinion of man. It is the word of God. And it brings forth life. And I haven't looked on any news channels or social media that brought forth life. So therefore, 
I'm careful about what I'm pulling into my heart. I guard my heart so I can renew my mind. That makes sense? If I don't guard my heart, I can't change the way I'm thinking. And I want to think the way God thinks. Amen? There is such an attack against the church right now that we seem to forget that that's going on. The devil is always against the church. Anything he can do to sidetrack us to the things of the world, that's what he will do. Do you have authority over the enemy? Yes, we do. Should we take it? Yes, we have to. Amen? And so we have to understand that the fight that we are in, our warfare is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, and there are strongholds throughout the world where the enemy is really trying to destroy people's lives, like I told you last week. The devil has no respect for anyone's life. He is not a nice guy. And so if we entertain the thoughts of the enemy and renew our mind in that, we will duplicate the enemy. If we meditate in the Word of God, constantly getting the Word of God in our heart and the heart of God in our heart, then we will walk above the fray. We'll walk above the stuff because we have our victory is in Jesus Christ. It's not in my opinions. It's not even in my preferences. It's in the Word of God that I am victorious. Amen? And so I want to understand that renewing my mind is not some little simple thing that I think perhaps we learned in Sunday school. No offense if you were a Sunday school teacher. But I want you to get a hold of this. Adam, in the beginning of time, Adam named over 500,000 species. He ruled creation. He fellowshiped with the heart of God. Jesus died to restore our relationship with God Almighty. So if all we think about is just the ordinary things that is churchy and religious, we're missing the bigger counsel of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Amen? And we have to get fired up about moving our mind and our thinking beyond the pettiness that is around us to the kingdom agenda that is within us. Reach the world. God's trying to pull through us for the world. It is our responsibility to reach the world. And if we're so inward focused that we're no outward good, we're going to miss the whole thing. We have to understand that the world is screwed up. The people we walk past at coffee shops, everywhere we go in the grocery store, those people need Jesus. Paul always prayed for open doors, open doors, and words. We should do the very same thing. If we're going to make a difference in our world, then we're going to have to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way the Holy Spirit ordains it through us that people can receive outside of us. Amen? So we have to be conscious that what God is, the warfare that is going on in the world today is to silence the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's been the warfare that's been going on for the history of mankind, is to silence the things of God. And so we have the opportunity in this generation, in this outrageous generation, we get to be the messengers to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We get to make a difference. We get to have a renewed mind that can think the way God thinks about whatever is going around us. Amen? Are you getting this? So renewing our mind is not some little Sunday school thing. Renewing our mind is something we have to do continually for now, our entire life, so that we're always thinking the way God is thinking and what he is saying right now, currently in our society, in our culture. We don't want to be a mirror of the culture that we're in. We want to be the light in the darkness. Amen? And so because of that, we begin to 
to look deeper into chapter 12, and I want to go a little bit deeper in this whole thing because there are three areas of transformation that I see, three areas of transformation. If you have your bulletin, you want to take notes, that's cool. Three major areas. I want to hit them all three at one time, then I'll go back and dig into them. The first thing is your identity. Your identity. It's important that our identity is in Jesus Christ. Our identity is not in this world. It's not in religion. Our identity is a person of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's where our identity is. And there's two things there. I need to know who he is in me. I need to know who I am in him. I need to know those two things. It's important. And I think that the things that that proceed in addition to all of that, of course, is that not just our identity, but our response to life because of a renewed mind. Okay? Now let's look a little bit here at our identity. Because we always think that our identity is that, yes, we're saved and born again and et cetera, and that is absolutely true. But in chapter 12, beginning in verses 3 through 8 in the NIV, I want to give you that real quickly here for you, okay? So I want you to focus. Are you all getting this? I'm, I'm a teacher, so that's what I do. I teach. He says here in verse 3, so listen up. And you can see it on the, on the screens as well. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. We could just stop there for a few moments, right? Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many... Form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We belong to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. And if it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now let's look at each of those right there. Those are motivational gifts. I'm a teacher. I'm motivated to teach. If you have coffee with me, I teach you something. Right, Steve? <laughs> so uh, that's just who I am. Amen? But if my mind is not submitted, if I'm not submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ, what those gift areas are in my life, I will misfunction in those unless I'm submitted to the Lord Jesus. So the whole idea of renewing my mind and being a living sacrifice means that based upon what God has put in me, and the word prophesying there, you have to define that according to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. It's an encouragement. It's, a, it's building up. It's edifying people. That's what that word refers to. It's not necessarily referring to forecasting the future. So if you, are, you have that in your heart to edify people and to encourage people and to comfort people, it's a big deal, all right? And then he goes on, he says, maybe your gift is serving. I love, where's Connie? <clears throat> She's sitting back there. She is here serving every week. Give her a hand. My goodness gracious. Such a sweet lady. She serves the Lord. Serves as unto the Lord. If you have that in your heart, oh, the body of Christ desperately needs that, but so does the world. So does the world. Wow. And teaching, then teach. 
break things down that are complicated into simplicity and share it effectively so people can get a hold of it. You don't teach because you have, you have authority as a teacher, but you're not, you're not throwing your authority around. You're speaking the word of God by the authority of the Holy Spirit to help people, to help people understand how much Jesus loves them, to help people understand the word of God, to break it down, to help people understand it. It's a powerful, powerful gift. And if it is encouraging, there are people that come along and encourage all the time. They just slap you on the back and say, way to go, love you, so proud of you, all those kind of things. The church should just be full of all that kind of slapping around to encourage people, <laughs> not the other way, okay? <laughs> and then it says contributing to the needs of others. That generosity to spend time, that generosity to listen, to really listen to people that generosity to give financially or to, to sow their gifts into people's lives, that is this cont- contribution you're contributing. Leadership. <laughs> Leadership is the kind, if you have that gift, you walk into a space that's disorganized and you begin to you, and there immediately. It's just the gift that's in your head. It's in your heart. It's what God gave you. And there has to be leadership in the church. Amen? But we'll also take that wherever we go. See, here's the big thing I've discovered in the last few months. So listen up. Your gift is not limited to inside of a building. Everywhere you go, if you have leadership as a gift inside of you, the grace of God is in you, then wherever you, whatever you walk into in a secular world that's disorganized and needs some order and needs some continuity, you're able to do that. Not like barging in and, you know, a bull in a china shop. But as a leader, you know what to do. You know how to bring order out of chaos. Amen? That's awesome. And then mercy. Oh, my goodness, mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Have a dear friend. She's so full of mercy. I just had to, I just, she just, I didn't know what to do with her. She just was feeling sorry, and I thought it was sorry, but she was just ministering mercy to everybody, people that didn't deserve any mercy. She had mercy on them. Have you seen someone like that? They just love on everybody. They just gush all over everybody. You wonderful thing. And I'm thinking, that's the stupidest guy over there that you're just talking to. See, God's mercy gift. I'm just being real with you. Come on, don't act so pious. We need the mercy gift, amen? Because, oh, how many of you do not have the mercy gift? I see those hands. You're afraid to raise them then we need those people around us to help us be merciful. Are you getting this? We need to be around the teacher because it helps us be able to teach also. We need all these gifts around us, the people that are always contributing and giving and providing for others. We need to be rubbing shoulders with them because it helps us do a little bit of that as well, okay? Because that's how Jesus is. He's always gracious and merciful. He's always loving and kind. He's always giving, always giving, always, 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 always giving. He is awesome in that way. So my identity is in Jesus Christ, but my identity is also in who He has made me and called me to be in my life and in your life as well. It's a grace gift. Amen? 
We're not talking about the office of the church. We're not talking about the, you know, the apostolic and the prophetic and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher. We're not talking about the fivefold ministry. We're talking about every individual believer has a gift inside of you and your identity in that gift will release that gift and the body of Christ needs it and so does the world. That's the renewing of our mind. It's not about a verse of Scripture. It's about the reality of who we are in Christ Jesus. Are you getting this? And we need to understand that, amen, and we need to walk in that thing, amen? So our mind has to always be renewed because of His mercy. We receive those kinds of gifts, amen? This all right? You going to throw me out? Going to stay another few minutes. Okay. And then what happens, and then what happens here is I want you to see our response, and I'm just going to summarize this for you. If you read the rest of the chapter, you get all of these, and I'm going to go over time, but oh well. But I think if, if our mind is renewed, and if we are walking in our grace gift that I just talked about, the following things will be true. If you read verses 9 through 21, which I'm not going to put on the screens right now, but just listen, I'm just going to summarize them. So listen. If our mind is renewed, here are the things that are happening. Our love is sincere. It's the real thing. We hate what's evil, and we cling to what is good. We're devoted to one another. Devoted to one another. Devoted. Even when you do something stupid, we should be devoted to one another. Amen, Ed? Is that right? (laughs) Ed and I go way back. How you doing, Ed? Good to see you, Ed. Serve the Lord with zeal and spiritual fervor. Don't serve the Lord like this. Oh, I've got to treat people today. That has no zeal, no spiritual fervor. i got to play keyboard today. No, I get to play keyboard today. This is awesome. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in trouble and faithful in prayer. Only a renewed mind can do these things. Our identity in Christ, we can do these things. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. I'm not just talking in the church. I'm talking outside the church. Amen? All right? Just bless them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud or conceited. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Wow. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. How many struggle with that one? Just are not hand raisers, are you? I'm going to get a spotlight that just kind of goes around. It's going to be a discerning spotlight. And when I ask those questions, your face is going to light up if you're guilty. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. My face will be lit up all the time. Do not take revenge. Leave room for God. When somebody offends you, leave room for God. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. Don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Isn't that good? It's pretty good, right? So we talk about the areas of transformation. It's our identity. It's our response to life. And number three is our prayer life. If our mind is renewed, it changes our prayer life. An unrenewed carnal mind is a different prayer life. But if our mind is renewed in the word of God, 
we're going to pray the word of God. And that's what I'm going to talk about next week. Paul prayed this in Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm just going to, because I think reading things in context is important. So I encourage you in that. So I'm going to close with this. Paul prayed this prayer. Okay? Now think about it. Paul's life was transformed by the renewing of his mind. Okay? Peter's life was transformed by the renewing of his mind. Do you remember when Peter was on the beach that day after the crucifixion and after the resurrection? And before he and Jesus had a one-on-one conversation, in John chapter 21, there's this one-on-one conversation. And Peter is sitting on the beach. He's been fishing all night and caught nothing again. He was a lousy fisherman. I don't know how he made a living at that. And once again, they've been fishing all night, and there's a little guy on the beach up there, and it's Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And they did and caught 52 fish and enjoyed breakfast of fried fish with Jesus on the beach. And then Jesus begins this deep conversation with Peter do you love me? And here's what I think. Peter is sitting there thinking, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be a part of this ministry or not. I so messed up. I may have to go back to fishing. I hate fishing. I don't know if I can be forgiven. My life's a mess. I screwed up big time. Do you love me? That's the question. You know I love you. Right there on the beach, Jesus began to transform the mind of Peter and bring him fully into the kingdom awareness that he was loved by the Almighty God. Are you getting this? And on that beach that day, Jesus loved on Peter like he wants to love on every one of us. And on that beach that day began a tremendous transformation. And the 50 days between the Passover and his ascension, Jesus taught them about the kingdom of God. And as he did that, Peter was transformed by the renewing of his mind to understand it's not about fishing. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about all this other peripheral stuff. It's it's about the kingdom of God. It's about the kingdom of God. Go, therefore, into all the world and preach the gospel. And in those days, as Jesus begins from that beach, I believe, forward all the way to his ascension, in those few days that followed, On the day of Pentecost, it was Peter, the defeated man on the beach, the guy who denied Jesus three times, the man through who most of us would look at and have said in that day, hopeless, useless, what an idiot. And yet Jesus knew how to transform his thinking so that on the day of Pentecost, Peter, the defeated betrayer of Jesus Christ Almighty, stood up and preached a sermon that got 3,000 people saved. That is transformation. That is transformation. That is transformation. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by changing the way that you think. Because God's got more for you than you've ever had for you. He's put more in you than you've ever discovered. I has not seen or heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But they're revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Holy Spirit knows how to reveal those prepared things. The word prepared means readied. God has readied things for us from the beginning of time. He knew that one day you would give your life to Jesus. He has things prepared, readied for us to receive by the Holy Spirit. We want to renew our minds so we begin to think like God. And as the church of Jesus Christ in any location that you go to, no matter what the name is out here on the outside of a building, makes no difference. It's who you are and the name that you serve. Amen? And by the renewing of our mind and thinking the way God thinks, we can change the world as much and to the extent that they did 2,000 years ago because the same God Almighty that lived inside of them lives inside of us. And by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we can move out and make a difference and change our world too. We don't have to line up with the cultural thinking of our day. Though the culture will tug us to do so. We must line up with the Word of God because in the Word of God is liberty. In the Word of God is liberty and the grace of God. Amen? God is for you, not against you. It's about the kingdom narrative. Holy Spirit speaks from a kingdom narrative that we need to... When a pandemic, God wants to see done in this day. We're not tough enough when a pandemic sidelines our whole way of thinking. Smile. We're not tough enough when people are ranting and raving against the body of Christ on media if that moves us. The only thing that should move us is the power of the Holy Spirit working mightily inside of us to change the way that we think so we can think like God thinks and get his perspective of where we are in the time frame that we're living. For he wants all the ages, the age in which we end, to receive the mercy of Jesus Christ. Focus. Focus. His priority. His focus. His perspective. Amen? Just stand. Let's pray. Did y'all get this? Just, it was just about renewing your mind. <laughs> Woo. Oh, Father, you're so good to us. We trust you, Lord Jesus. Help us not lean to our own understanding, Father God, but in all of our ways, we acknowledge you. We declare right now, Lord Jesus, that you are the one. Your mercy in our life changed our heart. Oh, Father, help us to guard our heart and to constantly renew our mind. Because, Lord Jesus, you and you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or have questions about Hope Church, please visit myhopechurch.com.